buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. All right, welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Super excited to have Ryan Reisert on today for the second time, round two. You know it's going to be nothing but fire. Ryan, welcome to the show, man. I'm excited to be back. You know, you're doing some awesome stuff. Congratulations on uh, the growth of your uh, podcasting business. Sounds like you got a really awesome business model coming together, and it's it's really cool to see how you're supporting the community too. Um, so thanks for having me yeah, back, man. Now. I appreciate, I appreciate it. And, uh, glad to have you back. Um, you know, as you know, we, I recently also started a cold calling show inspired by the work that you've been doing and, uh, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you for that. And let's just, just for people who maybe have been living under a rock and don't know who Ryan Reisert is and, uh, <laughs> just give us the, give us your sales story, the brief version. Sure. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't. There's like a little vortex or an algorithm. It's not like uh, it's not like I'm uh, some sort of celebrity or something. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you are on LinkedIn and follow cold calling, you might have come across my stuff. But yeah, man, uh, the synopsis, the short version. Um, been in sales, I guess now for about 15 years. Started in 2008. Didn't think I was going to be in sales. Have a math degree. Uh, came from a pretty rough background. First first person in my family uh, to graduate, uh, even make it to college. Um, and then when I finished school, when I was supposed to, I was going to be a teacher, I was supposed to do my student teaching. I, uh, I decided not to do that and, um, you know, stumbled my way down into San Francisco. Uh, again, it was the middle of the recession, but, um, fell into sales and just fell in love with it. You know, there's a lot of applications with, uh, math and, uh, top of funnel sales, especially, uh, marketing, um, has been the backbone of most of the sales companies I've been a part of either as a rep or a sales leader. I've been in ad tech, MarTech. And then, um, for the last seven years or so, I've been really hyper-focused on sales development, um, focused on process first, you know, with all this technology that's come to the market, all this data and technology, a lot of people forget that the, uh, data and the technology is not going to deliver results. You have to have a sound process. And so I've developed, 
a um, methodology that I call buckets, which puts some stage definitions and, and exit criteria at the very top of the funnel. And so for, for folks that are just trying to figure out um, new business development, uh, sales development for the first time, uh, I've written a, a book called Outbound Sales No Fluff, which is pretty popular, and it outlines this process. And I basically spend most of my time just continuing to tweak with that thing um, in or around the power of the human voice and cold calling. So it's like the, the very quick down and dirty background and, and uh, doing a lot along the way, but I've had a lot of fun and um, just really enjoy. I don't know, for some reason, I love cold calling. I love, uh, I love helping people figure out how to use cold calling um, to really change their trajectory. Um, and I think sales and sales development is a, a big part of that. So passionate about helping people um, learn the skills to be successful so that they can kind of own their own future. Yeah. Love it. All right. So, and I actually just got around to listening to the audio version of Outbound Sales No Fluff recently. Uh, appreciated the extra bonus content in there with, with James Bodden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like a fun, uh, fun little exercise we did uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, so <laughs> I thought, thought we'd yeah. try to try something new. So let's, let's dig into uh, buckets for a second year, right? Just for people who maybe aren't familiar. Mm-hmm. And what was like the, you, you've, you mentioned that you've been tweaking the process a bit. What was, what was it when it first started and what has it sort of evolved into? Yeah. So when it first started, um, like most people in new business development, sales development, lead generation, we want to call it, I was called lead generation specialist back then, um, inside sales rep boiler room calling, right? Most people are basically given a list and a phone and say, good luck. And until you get to a meeting, like, you know, we're across the table in a zoom or in a physical meeting, um, there's not a lot of process, right? There's, there's a billion plus dollar training sales training industry. There's tons of sales methodologies that create stage definitions and exit criteria for once there's a meeting, right? It might be stage one meeting scheduled or stage zero meeting scheduled and then stage one meeting held all the way through to close. Right. And, and people get this idea of I'm in this stage, I'm supposed to accomplish, you know, these tasks and then to move to this next one, these things happen. But w- there's never really been anything at the top of the funnel. Demand gen marketing has their own kind of funnel. It's like awareness, consideration, you know, decision, but you know, that's not like a, a sales process or methodology. And so buckets is, was my way of putting some stage definitions and exit criteria at the top of the funnel. And so, um, you know, it's four simple buckets. You're moving from uncontacted, which is just a lead that should be in your swim lane. I I call swim lane your ICP, whatever you want to call it. Um, But you haven't actually tried to reach them yet. Uh, That's bucket one. Bucket two is um, working. So once you start to work a lead, uh, and there's multiple multiple channels now, so the iterations is like, when I first started, it was just phone. That's like, you didn't, cold email someone unless they opted in. That was like a faux pas back in 2008. CRMs back then were full of phone numbers, believe it or not, not the opposite, which were like full of emails and you can't find phone numbers. It was, it was the opposite back then. Uh, yeah. and, but those phone numbers were not like more personal phone numbers and stuff. They were like, you know, work direct because you call through and yeah. stuff like that. But um, so, so working is they're in your swim lane and you've started to work them, but you, you, you go through this validation process, which is another thing I've tweaked a bit. I will go a little bit more in detail later if you want to go into that. But uh, Stage three, uh, bucket three is priority, meaning um, we've actually connected in a channel. So phone, we've had a conversation. Uh, we, haven't met, we, haven't, we haven't decided to do something else, but I know you pick up the phone and you, you should have some sort of familiarity or I've got some information and I still want to follow up with you. 
or you've responded to an email, um, it would be a priority email or um, on LinkedIn these days, when we've, when we've connected, we're in the DM. Uh, decide any other channel, it's we're engaging, right? So that's a priority yeah. lead, but we haven't committed. And then the last bucket, of course, is, the, is that handoff, which is the meeting has been scheduled. So with those four simple buckets, you now have some clear stage definitions and exit criteria, which is not like what everyone else does, list meeting. By splitting the working and the priority up, uh, and then having uh, this concept of when I start my day tomorrow, I want to work these buckets backwards. First thing I want to do is make sure my meetings hold. Once I've done that, I want to go and revisit previous engagements and conversations because I can get more conversations faster. I can get further along in the process. Um, yep. They're a little bit warmer. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going to go and work the leads that I know I've already validated. So I get my velocity up, right? So back then it was about without all the automation and technology and stuff, it's like, how do I get to 100, 200 dials a day because the connect rate's still low and I need to do that to have enough conversations. And so I'm not just working cold leads all the time where I'm calling bad numbers and stuff. Working numbers are I recently validated them. I documented the path to a voicemail. I know it can get to Colin if I'm trying to call Colin. I just haven't got to him yet. So I could speed up my efficiency and I know the data is good. Um, and I've already researched them, et cetera. And then once I've completed that, I can then go and replenish and find net new leads. And so by yeah. having that process, what most people will do, again, they're like constantly searching for a lead and then like they grab the lead, they kind of try to call them all at once, right? Versus you know, splitting these up. And what will happen is if you build your buckets, as I say, over time, you don't need technology, you don't need automation. Sales becomes really easy, at least sales development. It becomes really easy. You, you build a bucket of priorities to about 100 and you just work your priorities. You're going to have, you know, 15, 20 conversations. You're going to book a handful of meetings. It just becomes easy. It's like, I like to say the term stompy beer can. So that's the process. Um, the tweaking has come with this proliferation of more data, um, more channels, and, um, and also just like really understanding the nuances of, of, uh, moving a record from uncontacted into working, which is kind of what I do now with phone rate leads is I've learned a lot about the phone over 15 years on how it operates, the math behind it. And just, just looking at literally millions and millions of dials and figuring out like, uh, the, the likelihood of someone to pick up the phone so I can kind of hack got the Disneyland fast pass to, uh, to uh, phone picker uppers, if I'm using the phone, for example. I love that analogy, <laughs> Disneyland Fast Pass. Um, so, uh, okay, so the thing there where I think most organizations or people just aren't doing is one, lack of process in that top of funnel activity being the first thing because they're just going from, you know, cold, never contacted to meeting and nothing in between, right, yep. without buckets. Um, and then the interesting thing there is working your priorities, right? So the people that you already are engaged with, or even, I mean, I, I would venture to say a lot of people don't even take the time to make sure their meetings stick. You're hundred percent right. Yeah. They show yeah, up, to, like they show up tomorrow and they just start just randomly like grabbing data, shove it into their sequencer and then completing tasks. That's what they do. They're not thinking strategically. And so, so buckets can help kind of break the noise. And, and the other thing here too, Colin is, so much gold is in those conversations where somebody said hello and then hung up on you or, you know, hello. No, I'm not interested. Click. A lot of people will kick those off like, oh, they weren't interested. They didn't hear you, right? Like they didn't, they don't even know your name. They don't know anything yeah. you're talking about. You could follow up with that person in three days, have a conversation and it could be the best lead in your entire pipeline. Most reps will write that off like, oh, nope, they said they weren't interested. So there's a ton of gold there. Your appointments yeah. stick are one, but like the, the, the quote unquote negative sentiment calls are also where there's a ton of potential. Right. Yeah. Because 
number one thing is, you know, it's the right person and they've picked up the phone. Mm -hmm. Right. And they might not really not be interested because they haven't given you a good enough reason. And they probably didn't even allow you to even speak. They might've just caught them a bad time, caught them on a bad day. There's so many reasons why they might've hung up, um, been rude, (laughs) not, you know, let you pitch, whatever the case is. Um, where most people then are reluctant to call those back because they're like, oh man, that guy's an asshole. I'm not going to call him back. They didn't even hear you, man, most of the time. Like, I mean, I... And I, they definitely aren't going to remember you, even if they did. No, and, and sometimes they say they do. Oh, you've been called, you called me before. That's like another negative response. Like, yeah. No, and maybe, maybe someone else used a similar opener or whatever. That's why I really yeah. enjoy, there's another thing that's happened recently is I've been focused a lot more on messaging and the nuances um, of uh, how to actually break into a conversation and Townsend Wardlaw wrote a ebook called The Art of Cold Calling a couple years ago. It's phenomenal. I've adjusted some of this stuff, but he talks about the art of interruptive communication. And it takes a lot of cycles before you can get them to hear. I just I literally just did a four and a half hour telethon calling my LinkedIn connections. My LinkedIn connections uh to get votes for this chili pepper competition. And um, yeah. um you know, half the people don't know who I am. I'm I'm a connection. Like they don't know who I am, right? So you can't just call and like everyone has this assumption of intent data and stuff like that. It's a cold call, regardless of how quote unquote warm it is. You've, it's an interruptive conversation and you'll hear it from time to time where people's voice change once they finally hear, Oh, right. Hello. Who's this? Yeah. What is this about? I guess I was like, Oh, you know, like once they, Oh, sorry, man. Like, it's like, you know, so even when it's warmer, the, I kind of use this example of, you know, you, you go to the mall, for example, these days, especially you go to the mall, you're going to buy something, right? Because you don't, you'd buy it online if you weren't going physically, I'd imagine, like, or right. maybe there's experience, but you're in the mall, you go to the store that you're, you're there to buy something. The salesperson walks up to you. What is the first thing you say? Now nah, I'm just looking. Can I help you? Yeah. Now nah, I'm just looking stiff arm. Bam. Right. Yeah. That's what's happening in the cold call, except that, you know, there's no intent, right? That's the highest intent purchase thing ever. I just drove down the road, showed up to the yeah. store. I'm there to buy something. And the first thing I do is that stiff arm. Nah, no, thank you. Salesperson. Uh, instead, uh, uh, we think that a cold call is like, Hey, you heard me. Thanks for my permission. Like they're not listening to you. They're just ready to stiff arm you. Even the nice people, they're just ready to stiff arm you. No, I'm not interested. Thanks. Bye. So listening, slowing down, breaking the pattern. These are the things that I'm really excited about and like getting really into the details because, you know, I've cracked the code on the connects. So now it's like, well, how do you, how do you really, how do you really maximize the conversation? And this idea of compounding it too, right? compounding across channels and compounding. So what are some of the early discoveries that you're excited about in, in, in that part of it, right? So you've sort of mastered the connect now with the messaging and, and, and the pattern interrupt and like maximizing, you know, what happens when you get those people on the phone? What, what are the things that you're coming across or, or, you know, that's not working and things that are working? Yeah. So, so I think the, the thing that's interesting, this is going in a different direction, but this is great. We'll just run with it. Then we were talking about, uh, we can talk about these yeah. things. I can talk about this stuff all day. Um, so, so there's a lot of fatigue right now in the market with the sales development flow, right? Especially if you're in tech SaaS, um, which I'm imagining a big part of your audience is calling, um, in this boat, you're an SDR in SaaS, like your buyers are freaking annoyed at you, right? You're just a, you're a flea, they don't want to talk to you because you're trying to go in and interrogate them early, early and often. And, and then you have to like qualify them before they'll even get on the AE calendar. And it's a cold call. It's really annoying, 
right? Yeah. And so what I'm what I'm trying to show people is that like the the future of sales development for cold for cold calling anyways is is really a distribution channel. And um, the idea is to get in and stay in this awareness phase as much as you can. And you're building awareness, but you're also trying to become more aware. Is it the right person? Do they care about these things? And then trying to compound that into the digital funnel, right? So that you can actually let some of the modern demand gen stuff drive them through, right? Almost like motivational interviewing, if you will. Um, I just read a book, uh, Think, Think Differently. I think that's the name of it. Motivational interviewing versus like persuasive uh, communication. And getting yeah. them to try to come up with a decision on their own. So instead of calling and trying to book an appointment, it's calling and saying, hey, look, you're probably not aware of me at all. You know, we want to be better a way to do this is, would it be okay if I got you some information about, again, hopefully it's relevant, timely, et cetera, and then, and then following up on that. And the follow-up, the follow-up should actually then be with like the actual seller. So getting away from calling for appointments, um, you're activating your list so you're calling to activate the lead and then getting activated leads in front of your professional sales team. And we have, we have CEOs that are making calls against these. We have uh, obviously more senior sellers that are making calls against these and the data is phenomenal, right? No more is there this conversation issue or issue with these no-show rates, right? Instead of calling and booking a meeting that half the people show up, which is about average these days, what if instead I activated the lead and then had the CEO call and get them back on the phone again? Those conversations can go 10, 15, 20 minutes. It's an intro call. Hey, you spoke with my colleague mm-hmm. the other day. I know you press mission. It's now a good time to talk. What makes sense? Oh, I have some time now. Boom. Right. And so uh, when you can get someone on the phone every four dials, and now you can activate this lead and you have a 15 minute, 15, 10 to 15 minute conversation, um, who cares about the meeting? Right. It's about starting a conversation, figuring out where they're at, and then um, put it in front of like the real the real expert at the company and like the differences in terms of the sales velocity, the ability to like loot, like let them be like, Oh no, actually I'm not interested right now. Perfect. Don't need to waste time in a meeting. Right. All of that goes away and you can really drive instead of thinking about like a funnel, it's like a, it's like a nail, right? you got this big fat wide thing at the very top or a really tight funnel. If you want to look at it, but really fat wide thing at the top, like here's your whole audience. And then once you get the ones that are ready, it's like a nail just powering it through. So you're, you're seeing a much faster sales velocity um, and it's a better buyer experience, right? You're not persuading them to take their time, which is super valuable, but if it's relevant, they're willing to talk. And so that's some of the stuff that we're really, we're starting to show in the data. Um, we're seeing some amazing results for some of the first people doing this. Um, and, um, and it's, 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 it's opening up the, um, the buyer to be less, rest- you know, again, less stiff army and being more, uh, more open, um, you know, when it's not the SDR trying to ask all these crazy questions and then they're like, Oh, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. Actually let's book a meeting. Right. Instead of, yeah. 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 Instead of that, right, it's, so, it's like, I can answer every question you want. You want to talk now or you want to talk later? You know, it's a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have a few questions around this, right? So basically number one, it's, it's a huge pattern interrupt that on the first call, they're not trying to grab them by the throat to book a meeting. <laughs> right. And then the ask is just, Hey, I'm going to send you some information. If you think it'd be relevant at that stage, you know, what does, does this create like another bucket? Does four buckets become five here? No, this is a priority um, from before, except, you know, the priority is I've talked to you before, except I'm going to pass that off and it's not me following up. It's the actual senior person. And right. And be- now are people actually reviewing this information and what are they sending? Yeah. So we're, we're, 
running this on a couple different campaigns right now. We also partnered with a company that is something called Video Case Stories. So it depends on what content you want. Um, yeah. But for Video Case Stories, it's like uh, relevant customer stories. So instead of me sending you, you know, link to my website and like product information, it's like, hey, by the way, we work with someone similar to you. Here's here's the CEO telling their experience. Like, what was the problem before? You know, why do they? Like, why were they really looking for something? And what's their experience now? Like, that's their yeah. first experience with your brand. It also goes to like a YouTube and they can like retarget to them and all other stuff. And then you can compound that with like a product story or whatever. So that's like the video case story stuff we're doing. But it can also be as simple as like, we've got some more information. It could be a link to the website. It could be whatever. As long as the, yeah. as long as the, um, the marketing site is clear and cohesive, then, then that can work too. But um, the, the power is not the information, by the way. Right. Like most like, yeah, they might read it. We're seeing like 80, 90% open rates on that. Cause it's like immediate. It's like, Hey, I'm going to send it to you right now. And you got it. Yeah. You know, most of the time, unless they're driving, they're going to be like, yeah, I got it. And you see the open, you go bing. Right. So you're, you're actually getting them to see it. Now, whether they read it or not, it doesn't yeah. really matter. Some are actually replying and booking right away. So they don't even have to ask for it. Cause you just put the meeting link right in there. Like, Hey, if this is relevant at all and it's easier for you, here's a link, get on my CEO's calendar or uh, AE's calendar, work with a lot of startups. So a lot of times it's the CEO and, um, but the reality is it's the compounding of that. So getting getting them to agree, it's like a law of, what is it called? Repressiality? I can't think of it right now. I give you something and even if even if I just, you know, I give you something, which in this case like is a freaking information, you're more yeah. likely to, you know, it's micro commitment to the next thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so burnt right now. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. I can't think of the word. So it's 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 more psychological. But, but, but you you're committing to you're being open to receiving it, you're getting it. I then have a reason to then call back and then we have a reason to have a conversation. And Maybe. it's important that you compound it fairly quickly too. So a lot of people wait forever on that stuff. You know, it's like I talked to you today, you got it you got it right now. The the reps calling within 2 days, max. Not a week later, yeah. not not waiting forever, not seeing what they're going to do. No, you get right on it. It's like, "Hey, we spoke the other day. Is this relevant at all or are you just being a nice guy?" And again, if, if it's not if it's not relevant, that's fine. But look, what's the no-show rate on meetings? 50%. In this case, you're getting the conversation. So, quote-unquote, show. If it's not relevant, they're going to tell you right away, boom, just saved 30 minutes. And the ones that yeah. are, is like, yeah, actually, this is really interesting. Let's go. And that's the that's the key. And it, so many people have a hard time wrapping their mind around this. Like, whoa, that's weird. It's like, no, I want the meeting. And they're not committed. And it's like, I don't know, man. This is like, it's moving quick. You know, you're getting, you're shaking... I use the example of um, like painting for gold. I took my son up to this uh, place in Northern, Northern California where uh, it's like the old gold gold rush stuff and you can like still pan, yeah. for, pan for gold. And it's like, you're just shaking the stuff and shaking it and you're shaking and shaking it. So you got the phone ready leads that figure out who picks up. So they picked up once. Then you got like an SDR that runs this activated lead, not a meeting, but just to build the awareness. So they're shaking it out even more. Now they picked up twice. So if they picked up and they picked up again, they're a freaking phone picker upper. So... By the time it gets to the senior seller, they're going to have a conversation every four dials on that list. Super efficient. Yeah. And, uh, and there's some awareness. And so if you compound that fast enough, if I'm a rep and I have a list of activated leads, meeting just canceled on me or whatever, I go to my activated leads, load it up, call. I could probably have five, six, seven conversations in 30 minutes. One of them might turn into a full on 20, 30 minute conversation. Pretty productive use of my time. And you're just panning yeah. out, you're panning out, you're panning out trying to find that nugget in a really efficient way. So it's a, it's like another two steps in the assembly line. 
but it's efficient. It sounds inefficient. It's very efficient once you, you know, master. I don't think there's the anything that sounds inefficient about it. Um, it's just it's it's just making people think totally different than they have been for a long time of approaching this top of funnel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there people who push back on this idea? Like, Oh no, we would never do that. That makes no sense. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, of course. Just like people, just like what, people, what, just like people say, cool calling's dead, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, no, I'm not, that's not qualified. It's like, look, you build a list of the people you want to talk to. It's very simple. I, I, I talk, joke about this all the time. You build a list of the people you want to talk to. You know exactly what to say to them. Build a message, right? You call the list and you follow up. It's, it's literally that simple. So where there's conflict is like, well, that leads to waste of my time. It's like, well, why are, you, why are you having anyone call them? If you don't want to call them, why are you having anyone call them? That's the friction point. It's like, oh, I yeah. can't waste my time on a, on leads not qualified. It's like, well, then why are you spending, why are you, they're not even prospects, they're victims. We talk about this in ourselves, no fluff. It's like, you know, they're not prospects, they're victims. If you, if you as the expert will not spend time talking to that person, then why are you having someone else do it? Right. But there's always conflict there. Always conflict. Uh, we were just talking about in the pre-show around like, how terrible it is to find someone who could build a good list of like the people you want to talk to. It's really difficult. That's, that's a big pushback. And then it's the follow-up, man. Um, I, when I started phone ready leads, I, I said, look, uh, if you're going to do this outsourcing thing, you either got to go up the funnel where, you know, you just get the people that pick up better data or you got to go all the way through because in the middle of this, AEs will not call. They just won't. Right, like that's why the no show rate is so high too. When I was at Connect and Sell, the average show rate for the, the rest of the inside sales team was like fifty percent. Mine was in the high seventies, and I'm pretty sure the difference is that I have like a process once it was handed off to actually like reach out, confirm meetings, things like that, connect with them, do video. But also, if they were late to the call, I pick up the phone and I call them. Yeah. And there's so many meetings that happen that way. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting into it now. But most AEs will sit there and then those drop off. They don't do anything. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, it was a no-show. They didn't, or they'll send an email. Hey, are you going to join? They'll send the email. Hey, I'm on the link. Are you going to join? Like, no, they're not on the link because they're probably doing something else. Call them. Like, <laughs> it, you know, like it started with a phone call, especially like with the connected cell teams. Like it started with a phone call. They, they're a phone picker upper. Like, can call them. Like, but they don't do it. They will not pick up the phone, man. That's, it's crazy. That's me. crazy. So the activated lead, that's a problem. It's like, well, it's not really a meeting. You're like, what do I do with it? They're sending emails. Like, hey, is this interesting? Like, Pick up the phone. Talk to people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe you need to just put together some content on a tutorial on how to just actually use the phone. <laughs> maybe I should, huh? <laughs> maybe I should. <laughs> maybe I should do like a live show where I show Using every the day. phone where, for dummies. Maybe I should do that every day. Maybe I should like, maybe I should do a live cold calling session every single day to show people how to do it. Maybe that would do it. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I mean, wait. you got the red oh, phone right there, right? Oh, wait, I already do it. Colin, I cold call every <laughs> single day, man. I show all this stuff off. It's so simple. Pick up the phone. People want to talk. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Even for people who actually use the phone, you'd be surprised. People, I mean, I, I, I call people every week. Um, and some people are surprised. They're like, oh man, you actually called me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what else was I supposed to do? Look, I mean, not everyone's going to pick up the phone, right? Like, 
that's okay. Um, but there's still a good chunk of the market that does. And, um, and not everyone that picks up the phone is going to be nice. Okay. There's still a good, ch- yeah. there's still a chunk of people that will bark at you, but that's our job. This is the victim mindset, right? You hear a lot of stuff on LinkedIn, you know, why can't someone respond? It's like, dude, you're spam. Like until, until, until you actually provide something like I didn't opt into your messaging, we're spam, yeah. right? Whether it's a call, whether it's a personalized email, whether it's spam, like I did not ask for this. And so by it's our job though, right? The economy requires this to happen. If we don't do it, like, um, you know, Elon Musk says that if you don't make stuff, there's no stuff that look fun thing over the pandemic. Well, if you don't sell stuff, there's no stuff, right? You have to, if you don't sell and make stuff, there's no stuff, but sales is a vital part of our economy. And, um, you know, unfortunately it's a part of the job. Like not everyone's gonna be nice. And people are these days so sensitive to the negative feedback, which has nothing to do with them. Again, they don't, they're not even hearing you. Maybe it's a bad day. It's just like, dude, just get to the next one. It's okay. Don't blame them. Don't post about it. Don't say, oh my God, your sales leader doesn't take calls. What's your problem? It's like, dude, next, who cares? Next. Yeah. Just don't take it so damn personal. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with it. It doesn't have to do with them either. It's, it's not them. It's not them. They are not the enemy that like you chose to reach out to them. They can, someone's like, well, they could be nice. It's like, they could, or they, and then, you know, the funny part is next time somebody cold calls them, they're doing the same thing to that person. <laughs> exactly. That the people that say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, yeah. it's true. All right. Well, well let, let's shift gears just a little bit. Right. So I'm going to make an assumption here. It starts at the top with sales leadership. So what can sales leadership be doing better to solve this problem? They got to get in the trenches, man. Like there's so many sales leaders that are so like, I mean, they're like on Mars, man. Like they're so gone, you know, or we're on Mars and they're still on the planet. If you want to look at that, I don't know what it is, but they're just, (laughs) There's a huge disconnect. There's a massive disconnect around what the reality is and what's going on, right? Um, the the approach, the opinions. Oh, I don't like that. That doesn't feel right. It's like, like, have you tried any of this stuff yourself lately? Yeah. You know, it's, when's the last time you tried something new with your team in the trenches with little immune a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of humility. The scripts that come out, man, like this, Oh, we got a great script. It's like, dude, have you tried to like, like, it sounds great. Like you read it. It's okay. But like, have you actually tried it? Yeah. Like when you're, it's like, dude, this does. So there's a process it evolves. And like, you know, this is what we do on our lives. We, we do this on our lives where we're showing the script and we're changing out words and we wrote it one way, but it's like, man, I don't really like that. And like, you know, it's like get in there. And, and like, it's different for everybody. Yeah. Like you and I could start with the same script and at the end, have something very different just based on how I feel confident saying certain things versus how you feel confident saying certain things. Exactly. Like sometimes you, sometimes you can't pronounce certain words, like the enunciations off the, you know, the, the, uh, accents a little different, you know, you're a very calm, collected dude. I'm very kind of, you know, I got like a more high pitch, you know, we, it's going to come off different. We can't say the exact same things and expect that to work for both of us, we have different personalities. And, and so the, the, the framework should remain the same, consistent, you know, but it's about confidence first and then consistency. And then, 
and then making that making that something that's going to work for you. And uh, and and if leadership doesn't get in and see that, and they're sometimes they're 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 managing from the ivy tower, um, freaking spreadsheet management, you know these this crazy benchmark level reporting on what expectations are over and over and over again. You hear it over. I mean, I've I've literally worked with over a thousand companies in the last seven years in this space, right? Through Inside Sales Bootcamp, through the sales developers, and now PRLs, like thousands of these funded companies. And it's all the same over and over and over again. It's like, but none of those companies are alike. All of their math of sales is actually different, but they don't actually track it. <laughs> and no one can no one can tell you their numbers. They they spit out benchmark stuff that's not true. It's like when you get in there and you actually start to show them. And it's no wonder why their reps are struggling so much. And so like, they've got to get in there. They got to get in the trenches. They've, they got to know their numbers. Um, if they really want to start to make a difference and it will go a long way to, um, to get in and do the things that you're asking your reps to do, they're going to be more likely to do them. But unfortunately there's a lot of culture of, even if they like, for example, we're going back to cold calling, even if they, um, they, they say they're a cold calling company, the culture of cold calling is dead in so many organizations. They're just definitely afraid mm-hmm. to pick up the phone. They're poorly enabled. All of those things that make it really difficult. And it starts from the top. Like you said, they're not there. They're not doing it. They never would do it, but they're certainly saying, Hey, pound the phones. And you know, no one wants to work for a leader like that. Yeah. I mean, so leaders need to lead by example. I, I would even, I, I think you'd agree with this, but I'd love to get your opinion. I think, Sell, new sellers shouldn't be able to use anything but the phone for an extended period of time until they master that before using any other channels. Is that a statement? Because I agree. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> That's all I think about, man. Like, no, I'm just I mean, saying, the, the, people come in and they get so wrapped up in sequences and emails and social selling and spam DMs and all this other stuff. And like, there's a place to use those things. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a phone first person person forever, but I do believe in these other channels as well. But without mastering the phone first, like those other channels just don't even matter. Oh, well, hundred percent. And I, I'm a, I mean, I'm probably the biggest proponent of cold calling on this planet, right? Um, maybe you, you're up there now too. You're big, 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 big power, power user of the phone. Um, obviously this is your stake right now is like forever. I wouldn't say forever because I think the phones will die at some point. It's, it's dying. Right. We're seeing the data, it's going away. However, it's still very powerful as an approach, but you can use that phone first. You can use that to initiate your entire list strategy in the most efficient way possible, especially if you run validation, right? Once I know if you pick up or not, then I'll just call those. And then, you know, if I know you took the time to program your voicemail or not, then I can do a voicemail strategy. And you learn so much from the phone um, uh, that, that you just don't from, from, um, from the other channels. But more importantly, like, the whole point of all this stuff is to get into conversations. Like that's the whole point. So you're using all this technology, you're, you're automating sequences and da, da, da. then you show up and like, you can't have a conversation because even when it's scheduled, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to, you don't know how to roll with things that are being said. If, if someone hits you with something that's mm-hmm. a little bit off track, you're, you're, you're done. Right. And you know, cold calling, you're out of practice of having conversations. You mean? <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, yes. And you know, I, again, there's so much value in the phone. Um, all those other things are marketing. And if you want to be, if you want, I mean, even telemarketing is telemarketing, but 
if you want to be a real solid sales professional and in the near future, you've got to, you know, someone just said this to me recently, which I thought was smart. It's like someone else's content. I don't know who to give credit to, but it wasn't, it wasn't me, but you got to stay above the API. Uh, I think David Delaney was saying to stay above the API. Noah Goldman, I know this is his thing because uh, he has this book that he doesn't publish. I'm trying to get him to do it um, called The Binary Principle. And he's like, the future of sales is around two things. You're either helping with selection or you're helping with implementation. Everything else is going to go to the buy button. And we're already seeing that. And so if you want to differentiate yourself, like, and you're spending all this time building sequences and running all these automations, all this stuff, like, dude, that's a bot that's going to do all that. It's a, you're already seeing that happening. Mm -hmm. So if you want to preserve your skill set, not only is it important so you can get better, but you, it's important so you can maintain your job for a long enough period of time. If this is a profession you want to pursue, period. No one wants to hire something a bot can take over, right? And that's going to happen in the next few years. So that's there that's just go. the truth, man. Well, thanks, Ryan, for coming on, man. This was fun as always. Uh, where's the best place for people to get into and find out more about all the things that you do? I mean, I'm super active on LinkedIn. You know, you can find me there. Um, and uh, and then, of course, I always always say this. You know, you always call me too. Um, my phone doesn't let you go through. So make sure if you call, leave a voicemail, I'll call you back. My number is 415-994-0110. I'd love to talk. Um, How many people actually call? None. Maybe one or two. <laughs> Came back to me. Oh, but again, I, I, don't bl- I don't blame them, right? If I, if I was a really good prospector, it's like, oh, you're, you know, you're like, a, you know, you do, I don't even know what you do. You look at my profile. It's like, what are you at Cognizant or what company for? Like, I wouldn't even know how to prospect me. So I don't blame them. But if you want to talk shop, shoot me a note. Um, you can call me anytime. I'll, I'll, I'll return your call when I have a minute. There you go. We'll drop the link there in the show notes for everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. It really does help us out. And we're always listening for your feedback. You can go to salestransformation.fm, drop me a voice DM, and I will get back to you. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free. Salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.